0: Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr.
1: Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head.
2: Genie Bus, Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody.
1: And uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important.
0: Damian Lillard.
1: That was for Seattle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks
1: for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Hope you're doing well and staying safe. Danita Johnson, the president and COO of the LA Sparks of the WNBA, is our guest. WNBA ratings up in the bubble this year. A lot of growth opportunities for women's sports. We'll discuss that with Danita Johnson. Also, what a competitive sports market LA is. Lakers win the title. Dodgers in the World Series. Rams off to a good start. You've got USC and UCLA. You've got other soccer teams there. It's a crowded market, but the Sparks have done very well, and we'll talk about that. Uh, I'm joined by... Brian Griggs, our executive producer, I want to give him kudos on the new show open that you just heard. Great job, Griggs.
0: Well, it's a team effort. You got some money clips in there. And you know, we were talking before we put it together that got so many great guests in 2020 that it's like, why don't we keep that fresh and hot with the new uh, new guests and new clips? So thank you for that. And I agree. It sounds pretty hot. Yeah,
1: we've had some amazing guests on this year. We've been doing this show for 16 years. And I think consistently across the board, this has been our best year ever For A list guests. Uh, If you've missed interviews with people like Mark Cuban, who was on a couple weeks ago, I mean, Candace Parker, John Smoltz, Myron Roll, a doctor who's a former NFL player who's doing amazing work in hospitals, Mark Sanchez, uh, Kathy Engelbert, the commissioner of the WNBA, the list goes on and on and on. So uh, we are releasing a graphic this week for the FBR Vault. So we have. Hundreds of shows that we've done over the years, and we invite you to go into our vault and listen to those past podcasts. Some really good conversations that I think you will enjoy. All right, let's get to some headlines. Griggs, it's really kind of David versus Goliath payroll rise for the upcoming World Series at Globe Life Field in Texas. You've got the Los Angeles Dodgers on one side. $107.9 million is their payroll highest paid player is Clayton Kershaw with a 16.3 million dollar salary. Then on the other end of the spectrum, the Tampa Rays who let's get this straight, like they had the best record in the AL. We've talked about this before. Dodgers had the best record in the NL, so it's the two best teams. But Griggs, the Rays had a total payroll of 28.3 million dollars. Their highest paid player is 5.5 million. So if you're looking at team sports, Across the board in the United States, there is not a team that has produced a better return on investment than the Tampa Bay Rays.
0: Yeah, it's uh, like you said, David versus Goliath. It's kind of like uh, they're one of the uh, the 68th team of the NCAA in a March Madness tournament, and they're the sweet, the sweet team everybody wants in, and here they are. So it's kind of crazy. Uh, Dodgers back in it, and as we know, they sometimes don't like to finish so well in the World Series. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, we'll see. And then, I mean, gosh, poor Atlanta, right? So... <laughs> We all know what happened to the Falcons a few years ago in the Super Bowl with New England mounting a historic comeback. Well, the Braves had a 3-1 to lead in this series, and they blew it. So uh, the Dodgers advanced to the World Series, which, by the way, is a godsend for Fox, right? If you had Braves Rays World Series, as we discussed on our show last week, that might have been the worst TV ratings we've seen for a World Series, at least with the L.A. market now. And there are Dodger fans across the country. They've got a chance to have some decent ratings. They've got some off days too. I've noticed if you look at the schedule, they're trying not to go up against the NFL as much as possible. Um, we're not going to see seven days in a row like we saw in the ALCS and NLCS, where the teams played seven days in a row. So, and both series went seven. Um, The other thing they're going to try and do with the World Series is this is going to mark the first major U.S. sports championship in 2020 to allow fans to attend. So 29% capacity at Globe Life Field in Texas. There are still a lot of tickets remaining on the secondary market. Griggs, average ticket price for Game 1 as of Monday for the World Series, $641, which is about a third less than... Last year's World Series, but again, le- <laughs> this is the new normal. So if you're looking at like safety, do you want to go to the game? If you're a Dodger fan, do you want to fly on a plane and go to Texas? It's not a home game for you. Are you going to pay $641 for a ticket? It seems steep to me.
0: Yeah, and I think you you hit on on the head there. It's still the uneasy of, do I actually want to travel? Do I want to go sit with fans and other people around me? Am I healthy enough to do that? So I think a lot of people in the back of their mind are like, I don't know if it's really worth it. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to skip it. But yeah, cheaper tickets and still a lot for sale. I just saw that same stat this morning before we went on. So who knows?
1: So they'll cap capacity at 11,500 fans at Globe Life Field in Texas. Uh, It's going to be an interesting World Series. I think it's going to be good. Uh, I think it goes six or seven games. Tampa is, you know, again, we've said this several times. You can't name five players on their roster, but they're really good. They're really good. Um, So I think it goes six or seven games. And again, both ALCS and NLCS went seven games. So they were compelling series. I think uh, Major League Baseball got a break by the Astros not making the World Series because you know that if they made the World Series, all the talk, Would have been about the controversy surrounding them of the past couple of years, especially if they were playing the Dodgers. So I think this way, Major League Baseball has a little more focus on baseball versus the controversy of the past. Do you think so, Griggs?
0: Yeah, I was thinking that, too. I thought uh, if Houston made it in, that, you're right. That's all you would hear about is the uh, controversy and, oh, my, are they cheating again? How'd they make it this far again? So good for baseball. And Dodgers, I mean, they they had three. They're coming off three straight wins. They got momentum. Mookie is playing out of his backside. So uh, we'll see if they can keep it going. Yeah, I
1: mean, if I was baseball and I could pick one player that I was going to heavily market to promote my game to younger audiences, it would be Mookie Betts. I mean, his catches that he made in the NLCS, just the way he carries himself. He's got that kind of, uh, you know, flair and charisma that you want from a star athlete. And he plays in Los Angeles. So, you know, hopefully major league baseball is going to really start to promote him better. I mean, obviously you've got Corey Seager and you've got, uh, Bellinger and, and some other stars on the Dodgers like that, but This is a real opportunity for them to showcase some of these young players. And by the way, Griggs, how many times did we see the Mookie Betts climbing the wall catch? And who got the great visibility? MasterCard. If I haven't seen any kind of a campaign, but it's like, here's all these video highlights and pictures of Mookie Betts climbing the wall, grabbing the ball, bringing it back into the ballpark, robbing uh, the Braves of a home run. And in the frame is the MasterCard logo, whose tagline is priceless. Doesn't turn that into some kind of campaign during the World Series. They're missing the boat.
0: Yeah, I think. And you wonder, people wonder, why do, the, why do these advertisers buy these you know, the boards out in the outfield? You never see them until you see a catch like that. And like you said, that's all we've seen for a couple of days now. And MasterCard right there front and center. So that's why you buy the boards in these games.
1: Well, and that's why your uh, clever marketing people and social media people better not be asleep at the wheel and need to turn a moment like that into an opportunity. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe I've missed it, but, uh, you know, they should do something with that. All right. Lots of college football coaches are getting COVID, Griggs, and we knew this was going to happen, right? I mean, we've seen it run rampant through the NFL, by the way. There are rumblings that the NFL may levy a sizable fine against the Tennessee Titans for how they have handled their COVID protocols. We'll keep our eyes on that. But here's a list of just some of the big-name college football coaches who have tested positive for COVID. Nick Saban, who, by the way, returned after three negatives and coached Alabama to a win over Georgia. But isn't that amazing that you know everyone says quarantine for 14 days But Nick Saban comes back after three days. Jeff Braum at Purdue, Dan Mullen at Florida, who, by the way, said, let's fill up the swamp with 90,000 fans against LSU. Oh, that game was canceled or postponed after 19 players on the University of Florida football team came down with COVID. Mike Norvell, Jason Candle, Blake Anderson, Chip Kelly, Kevin Sumlin, Less miles. Those are just some of the head football coaches in college football who have gotten COVID, Griggs.
0: Yeah, that is quite a list of uh, a name. Uh, coaches. And like you said, it is interesting how we're supposed to quote quarantine for 14 days and all of a sudden Sabin's back in three days, but whatever. Uh and Florida is always the most progressive. I mean, these guys, while well, Disney World's been open for months, let's fill the swamp. Who cares? I mean, all the parties and stuff going down in Miami. It's uh it's just crazy. And and you know, we're over here in Oregon. So we've got Pac twelve starting in another couple of weeks and it's just like, you know, with the same question keeps coming up. How many games are going to be played? How many games are going to be postponed? Who's going to get it? Because you know it's coming.
1: Google Baylor football. They've played two games this year, Greg. (laughs) They started with everyone else. They've played two games because either they or their opponents have had COVID. So they've only been able to play two games. And we knew at the beginning of the season, we told you that it was very unlikely that these teams were going to get through their schedule, right? And if they did, some teams were going to play two or three games. Other teams were going to play seven games. So how can you judge everyone especially in college football where it's it's polls right like it's not just like standings and here's how you advance like you do in pro sports this is all determined by polls so if you have ohio state when they start playing and they can only play three games and they're three and oh and they trounce their opponents but then you've got a team who's played seven games how do you determine where to put who so it's a mess I understand for the millionth time why they're playing this season because it's all about money and these athletic departments need to stay afloat and they need to execute their TV contracts. But as you can see by the list I just gave you and the fact that Florida has 19 players who tested COVID, or who tested positive for COVID, it was not a good idea to play this season health wise, Griggs.
0: Yeah, and I think the problem with college, too, is it's such a small window. I mean, you've only got a couple weeks before to fit the whole thing in. And you're right, if a team like Baylor, you know, they're only two games while the rest of the teams are six of games. It's like, how does that come out right? And like right now, the polls are all SEC teams, basically, because that's really who's playing. Big 10, Pac-12 starting, then you got to mix them into the polls. So, yeah, it's just a big old cluster. And we're going to see what happens come December when this whole thing's over.
1: All right. Also, another reminder for the millionth time on this show. Vote. Vote. November 3rd is the election. I love what the uh, NCAA is doing and Georgia Tech assistant men's basketball coach, Eric Revenue, who used to be here in Portland, actually, as the head coach of the Portland Pilots. He has led an effort called All Vote, No Play. And it basically prohibits the NCAA Division one athletes from practicing, competing, or participating in athletic events on November 3rd, Election Day, to encourage voting. If you remember, we had Jaden Grant from uh, Oregon State Football on a few weeks ago. He talked about how they took a day to make sure that everyone registered to vote. Now they will be able to exercise their ability to vote. And I think this is a really good thing. Teams from across major leagues will be hosting voting sites and arenas and stadiums all over the U.S. We'll be talking about that with Danita Johnson from the Sparks coming up because Staples Center in L.A., is a voting location. Uh, More than a vote, co-founded by LeBron James, has registered more than 20,000 poll workers for Election Day across the country. This is good news. And the NBA Players Association says 90% of its members are now registered to vote. So Griggs, I'll make one prediction about the election. I think we will see the largest voter turnout that we've seen in decades this November 3rd because people are doing a much better job of exercising their right to vote. And that's a good thing.
0: Really is. And uh, you mentioned all the leagues there. And I was going to say something about with Chris Paul, he's kind of been the spokesperson for the NBA Players Association. And he was talking about in the bubble and how well they've been doing 90%. So that's awesome. And I think you see every NFL game, you got the, the Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson commercial talking about it. So I think every league is doing a really good job pushing for it. And we're seeing results already of uh, registration going up. So it's good.
1: And I know we live in Oregon, so both of us have already uh voted by mail, right?
0: Yep. Yep, I just put mine in actually yesterday. Yeah, and it was a smooth
1: process and I got my ballot and I filled it out and I dropped it off at a at a location. I could have mailed it, but I wanted to drop it off at a official voting location. And there you go. So, you know, I, I am hearing stories of uh, you know, some shenanigans around the country. That's unfortunate if it is happening, but you know, from our perspective, it was pretty easy to cast our vote.
0: Yeah, it's uh pretty pretty simple and hey, covid friendly. You know, you can literally do it in your house and put it back in the mailbox. Not uh, not too challenging.
1: All right, next headline. Phil Mickelson, Charles Barkley versus Steph Curry, Peyton Manning, November 27th on TNT, the next iteration of the match. So no Tiger Woods, Charles Barkley and uh Peyton Manning and Steph Curry come in. Phil Mickelson still playing that's an interesting matchup. So obviously Phil is the best golfer and he's taking on the worst golfer on his team, Chuck and you know, Chuck's game. We've all seen Chuck play, you know, God bless him, but he is not uh, a great golfer. Steph is really good. So I'm excited for NBA fans to finally see like Steph Curry is really good golfer. Um, Like he could play on the, on the champions tour someday when he's over 50 And then Peyton Manning, we saw him play in the last iteration of the match with Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, and he's pretty good, too. So I like the matchup. And uh, as I've said many times on this show, I I like watching the Masters. I like watching the Majors. But I like these made-for-TV events because the guys are mic'd up. I feel closer to the action. There's a little bit of personality and humor that's shown. And I'm looking forward to this. I'll be watching on November 27th.
0: Oh yeah. Hands down. This is going to be, I think it's going to be more laughing and comedy routine I and mean, with Peyton and Barkley going and the, uh, mic'd up stuff is going to be epic. Hopefully the weather's a little bit better. Oh
1: yeah. man. Yeah. Wasn't that bad last time? That's crazy. Yeah, I sure. forgot about that.
0: Yeah. But Steph is, uh, talk about swag. Like Mookie Bet has. I mean, Steph's going to be looking the part and he'll be dialed in. It's going to be fun. I'm totally watching this.
1: Yeah, no, it'll be a lot of fun. And I think Steph and Peyton are going to have a really good uh, chemistry and camaraderie, and and they'll joke around. And I think that's going to be a fun team. And then you know that Charles is going to have fun. And, you know, I think Phil's personality comes out in these things, too. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see it. And, you know, I like the fact that it's on TNT. Um, You remember we told you that uh, a while back Phil and Tiger signed a multi- Event deal with TNT, which is better than remember when Phil played Tiger and they put it on pay-per-view and no one could see it and people needed their money back. And it was just a, it was a cluster. But now that it's on TNT, most people get TNT. So it's easy to watch, and, and I think it's great for all involved.
0: Yeah, it just it makes golf fun, too. It kind of takes off the uh, the intensity of golf and makes it more fun and enjoyable. And I love Phil, too. He becomes a coach, and it's just what fun watching him coach his teammate and get him through the round. So it's going to be fun. I,
1: he's going to need to coach like he's never coached before with Charles Barkley. <laughs>
0: that is very true.
1: I mean, Charles Barkley has been coached by Tiger Woods, by Tiger Woods's swing coaches. I mean, some of the most elite coaches out there and golfers out there. And it still hasn't helped him a lot. And look, my game is average. So I'm not here to criticize Charles. Um, but yeah, I feel for Charles because he's got that hitch and his swing. It's gotten a little bit better, but um, you know, that's a mental thing. And for whatever reason, no coaches have been able to help him with that. So maybe Phil can be the guy that gets him, You guarantee that they're going to play some practice rounds together. And Phil's going to coach Chuck up before they ever show up for the match. So uh, that'll be fun. All right. A few things. One, so we had Mark Cuban on two weeks ago, and the debut of Shark Tank came out last Friday, and they won the night. So I'd like to call that the sports business radio glow effect, that you come on sports business radio, and then you get the number one show on your your season debut, Griggs. And even Mark Cuban himself tweeted out uh, that he enjoyed being on our show talking about Shark Tank and NBA sports business. So that was nice to get a, a little nod from him. Um, and then Griggs, I am, I've been wanting to talk about this, but I keep forgetting every show. I am absolutely addicted to the show Ozark on Netflix. And I know I'm late to this game. I know it's been out, but I've been binging it. Oh my God, what a show. And it's not for the little kids. It's not even probably for my teenage daughter, but wow. Have you seen that show?
0: Oh yeah. I binged it the day it came out and every season since. So I am ecstatically excited for the final season coming out uh, whenever they put the date out. But yeah, that is a great show. Bateman once again kills it.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, he's great. He and Laura Linney are just perfectly cast for those roles and even the supporting actors, the woman who plays Ruth and it's just, you know what it reminds me of? It's a different kind of setting, but it's got a Sopranos vibe to it where, you know, you never know what's coming around the corner. There's some violence to it. um, And it is intense. Like after every episode, you just kind of have to step away from the TV and go, whoa, what just happened? But that's a great show on, on Netflix. So, uh, and I'm not working with Ozark or working with Netflix, but I've just been meaning to talk about that. If you uh, watch Ozark and want to drop me a note on Twitter at SB Radio, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Greg, some great shows coming up to end 2020. And of course, we always end our year with the top 10 sports business stories of 2020. If you want to send us your submissions for that, you can do that by reaching out to us on Twitter at SB Radio. But Griggs, uh, I think we know what the top story of 2020 is going to be.
0: Man, I was just thinking like, what a year. I mean, there's this, it's a whole different vibe of stories and a whole different schedule of stories, stuff happening at different times of the year. But uh, it's always a fun show. We enjoy wrapping it up with the top 10. And usually there's, you know, you could go for top 30, but uh, we, we narrow it down with our crack staff to get us to a top 10.
1: Well, I'll tell you one thing I'm going to miss, and I know you're going to miss it too. No New York this December for the first time in many, many years. We're usually there with our Sports Business Radio Roadshow presented by Boingo. We will not be in New York this year. No ice skating for us at Central Park or Rock Center. No fun with the Christmas celebrations. No looking at the tree. We are going to do our show virtually, and we will have that announcement of a date and people that I will be talking to coming up soon. But Griggs, you know, I usually go to New York three or four times a year. And again, we're based on the West Coast in Portland, Oregon. I miss New York.
0: Yeah, it's just absolutely a fascinating city. And when we go at Christmas time and you can't beat it, I mean, it's you got the cool crisp in the air, ice skating and the Christmas stuff. And just it's an awesome vibe. Manhattan is so fun in the the December month, but uh, we'll miss it this year. But we'll be back.
1: And serendipity, frozen hot chocolate. (laughs) All right, coming up next, Danita Johnson, the president and COO of the Los Angeles Sparks of the WNBA. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. CBDMD is the official CBD partner of Sports Business Radio, and I couldn't be happier. Their products have made a huge difference in the quality of my life, my daughter's life, even our dog's life. I was having a difficult time sleeping, and CBDMD CBD PM drops and capsules have allowed me to sleep better than I have in years. CBD Freeze has been amazing for my daughter and I after we work out. Even our dog loves CBDMD's soft shoes. They've got a great array of products. And one of the things I like the most about CBDMD's products, they're all THC-free. That was very important to me. CBDMD is also the first American CBD company to be publicly listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Check them out under the ticker symbol YCBD. Athletes such as two-time Masters champion golfer Bubba Watson, former NFL wide receiver turned broadcaster Nate Burleson, and UFC athletes Daniel Cormier and Chael Son and use CBDMD's high quality products. Change your quality of life just like I did. These are anxious times for a lot of us and CBDMD's products have helped me sleep better and just live a, a higher quality of life. Visit cbdmd.com and enter the promo code SBR to save 25% off at checkout. That's cbdmd.com, promo code SBR. My guest is Danita Johnson. She is the president and CEO of the WNBA's LA Sparks. She was named president in early 2019, guided the Sparks to the 2019 business franchise of the year in her first season. She has put in 15-plus years working in the WNBA, NBA and the NBA G League. You can follow her on Twitter at Danita Johnson. Danita, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you this morning?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I've been starting most of the interviews this year with the question of how has your job changed? Because we're in such a unique year. You're managing people remotely. Obviously, you're playing in a bubble. But how has your job changed this year?
2: Yeah, I think for me, you know, in our roles, we're always looking at our business, always looking to change and evolve of our our business. And, you know, I think traditionally it's off of most of the traditional trends that we see happening around the sports industry. And I think in this year, it's been about what's happening more around the world than what's just happening within our industry. And so really looking at this from a, a whole view of everything happening in society and how do we continue to improve our business both from not only the form of social justice, but how are we creating safer, better environments for our fans and our players so just strategically just trying to things that we continually think about but just putting more emphasis on them and giving a broader stroke to our thought process
1: yeah you started change has no off season the social justice campaign you're in los angeles obviously you know this has become such a a huge movement this year too tell us a little bit about that uh campaign
2: it's been great for us you know a lot of this work we've been doing throughout the years and i think as i mentioned in in my first answer it's just about like the emphasis like how do we create and cultivate something that really can be year-round how can it be something that focuses on key platforms for us obviously the women's space is big for us but um creating more actions on voting creating more actions on helping women that have suffered from domestic violence. Um, Those are just key points for us that we want to continue to make change for and creating spaces of equality and equity for all of those. Um, How we continue to hire from a diverse background, how we continue to use vendors from diverse backgrounds, like really just looking at our business as a whole and how do we continue to make an impact.
1: So, we have listeners from all over the world listening to this. Explain just how competitive the LA sports market is. I mean, look, this year the Lakers win. Uh, the Dodgers are going to the World Series. The Rams are off to, what, a four and one start or a four and two start? It's a competitive landscape, but you guys have really found nice footing there as well. And I had Candice Parker on earlier this year, and she just raved about the fans. Yeah, I mean,
2: they don't call it the city of champions for anything. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you got to bring an A game oh, too. Like you, you can't, you can't lose in Los Angeles because there's so many other options there.
2: Exactly. Like you've got to bring it, and you know that mindset, that championship mindset. We have to have it on the court and off the court to be successful in this community. And we bring that every day. And I'm thankful to our players, such as Candace Parker, who helped lead the way on the court. You know, we still got into the playoffs again this year. We didn't quite win a championship, but every year we're competing in that space. We're going to. The playoffs, You know, year over year, it's it's a high level of success for us in that area. And we know that it's important for our fans and they keep engaged. They expect a lot of us. Um, They expect us to go out and win. And we have to have teams that can go out and get it done.
1: Were you in the bubble at all?
2: I only went down there very briefly, um, but I can't even claim it really being in the bubble. So we had one of our business people down there, obviously um, our basketball ops staff. And, you know, for them, overall experience. Um, I think there's always positive and negatives. I think one of the hardest things is being away, um, being secluded in that space. I think from a recovery standpoint, being able to be with the team, building a team bond, and then for our athletes on their bodies, probably a lot easier for them on that side.
1: How is the new collective bargaining agreement? I sat down with Kathy Engelbert, WNBA commissioner, at the beginning of the year. How has that impacted the Sparks and, and you know, just your team overall?
2: I think it's been very positive. You know, it's about not just today, but it's about the future of this league. And with the CBA creating opportunities, you see, I mean, we watch these young players starting to come out of college a little bit earlier to be a part of the W. Obviously, the season's just been different just with COVID, but people see the future. And they know that if I work hard and I and I do all these things on the court, I have a future where I can actually, you know, earn an income, take care of my family and do what I absolutely love to do. And I think for our players, their confidence in saying, you know, we were a part of that change. And with NECA being the president of the PA – you know, what an amazing experience for her. It's a lot of work. You know, she, she puts a lot on her shoulders to help bring this forward. And I'm so proud of what she's done and all the women that are a part of the PA and all the players, of the league to push initiatives forward, to help create space for change, create space for equality and and a better future.
1: Yeah. I think the WNBA has done that as well, if not better than any other sports league, uh, male or female. And, you know, again, I, I look at kind of the voice that, the league has been allowed to have and and i i think a lot of people are starting to take notice and you know one of the positives for the wnba this past season in the bubble was the tv ratings were up pretty big
2: yeah absolutely and it was so much fun you know when was the last time you got to see a w game every other day on tv that you could easily find right you know by being on prime networks at good times you know it changed the viewership and you know i think that's something that Fans have asked for for many years. We as leadership have talked about like visibility is key. People have to see us to understand us, to be a part of us, to be engaged with us. And I think, the, I mean, even for me, it put me back. I probably hadn't watched as many W games outside of our own team as I did this past summer in a few years because I was watching games every other day. It was that accessible.
1: Yeah. No, it was great. Uh, I want to talk about the growth opportunities for women's sports. So Candace and I discussed this too. Women's sports receives less than 1% of all of the sponsorship dollars and less than 4% of all of the sports media coverage. I think that's ridiculous. Personally, I have a daughter, um, but there's so much room for growth in women's sports.
2: Absolutely. And that's the thing. I think this is what we are trying to say from a business perspective. Like, listen, there's opportunity. There's opportunities for companies to invest. They can be some of the first. They can be some of the second and thirds to really like make a change and and get on board with us. And we know that it's critical. And I think people are like, oh. well, why don't you have these bigger billboards and all these things? We're like, well, we need partnerships. We need we have to build on this. We need the media dollars. We need, you know, those two things. Like when sports stopped, what happened, right? It was about media dollars and partnership were the biggest concerns. And for us, we're saying we need continued investments in both of those areas for these leagues to thrive for female athletes. And that goes beyond just the W. As you asked, like women's sports as a whole. And we got to move the needle forward and people have to continue to see the value. And I think you see that in what we just talked about, like the television ratings and what you saw once there was an exposure. Because that's always the question, right? Is it exposed enough? Am I getting enough eyes on my product or my brand? But once we're in the right place, you can see that it will create opportunity for exposure that then our, our partners and, and media can truly you know, become a win-win.
1: Yeah, and I'm just – I've never been one of those – the old-school advertisers or ad agencies that are just looking for pure metrics, like how many people are watching. Or, I think that's important, but it's only one of the elements of the story. And you know, I would think with the WNBA, there's so many other ways that you can activate partnerships.
2: And there are, and that's the thing, like, it's about getting people to understand that, that it goes beyond just the traditional. And most people that have invested in sports, a lot of people have seen it, they've invested in the traditional way. I do believe that that trend has changed over the years and it's continuing to change, where, you know, most of our partnerships are about community programs, about creating impact. You know, we have great accessibility to our players and being able to work with them to do programs and work with companies that they really believe in and they can speak to. And so that's the thing now. It's like we have to look at this from a holistic view versus just a singular vision of like eyeballs on it. It's about overall impact. And that's how we try to structure our deals and work with different partners to build things beyond just the traditional format. And, you know, there are there are businesses out there, especially now with what's happened over the last six to eight months that are truly understanding the importance of that and they're trying to make that shift. And we're like, hey, we're ready to work with you. We know this work. We've done this type of partnerships. Let's work together.
1: Well, and I'll tell you what, I've been doing this a long time and I don't want to completely generalize here, but the women athletes get it far better than the male athletes. The accessibility, like you said, um, media interviews, working with sponsors like the women bend over backwards to help with the business side of the franchise. And sometimes the men, eh, they're, they're not as involved.
2: I think it's also where their businesses are. Our business is in need of our players to do that. Right. We, we have to have our players be engaged and they understand the importance of that. We won't be successful without them. And when we look at like, you know, when you look at other businesses, And for some of our male counterparts, the business itself is in a different place. So their need for the involvement in how things are might look a little different. Not saying they're not involved, not saying they're not doing things in the community or working with partners. They do. But we have like it's a must have for us to be successful, to have our players engaged um, and they become that voice. You know, their platforms are just as big as our platforms. And, and you, I know you did it. You talk with Candace. She has a great platform. She's on television every week. It's amazing visibility, not only for the L.A. Sparks, not only for Candace Parker, but for the league as a whole in women's basketball. And that's where we our players are very conscious of their power and what they bring to the table in that. And I think that's amazing.
0: You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right
1: back after this. There's no question that live sports and entertainment events are changing as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. To ensure a strong recovery that keeps fans safe and engaged, sports venues are reimagining game day with Boingo's 5G connectivity solutions. Boingo Wireless helps partners across the NFL, NBA, MLS, and NCAA redefine the in-venue experience with 5G-ready cellular and Wi-Fi 6 networks that power new touchless technologies. From contactless ticketing and security and in-app food ordering, to IoT robotics for cleaning and maintenance, Boingo's backbone of wireless connectivity makes new stadium use cases possible. Choosing a digital transformation partner you can trust is key to achieving fan experience goals and following rigorous health and safety protocols. Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They help world-class venues navigate a complex and ever-changing technology landscape and have done so for 20 years. I recently had Austin FC President Andy Lochnane on Sports Business Radio. Here's what he had to say about Boingo, Austin FC's 5G partner.
0: A relatively competitive process led to a relatively easy decision. The decision to go with Boingo was one that came with a lot of comfort and confidence.
1: Now more than ever, staying connected is what matters most and Boingo makes it all possible. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. If you need a trusted partner for your network and digital transformation needs, look no further than Boingo. Learn more by visiting boingo.com or emailing sbradio at boingo.com. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Now back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. What's the new normal going to look like? Because I've been asking this to a lot of people in your position too. Eventually, we're going to return to in-person games. And you know, I'm not going to say things are going to get back to the way they were because they're not. But what are some of the protocols that you guys are looking at putting in place for when in-person games return?
2: Yeah, I think it's just going to be the way that you like – the biggest things are going to be how you enter and exit the buildings. How – you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. being on like where you might get – everything will be – Obviously, digital touchless, where it'll be like, you know, you get a time in what you actually enter the building. So just things like that, um, how you actually get food and concessionary experiences. Um, you know, everybody loves going to games and being in, like, the specialty club areas. Like, it's one of the reasons you go to sporting events, right? Right. <laughs> and so like those areas of creating safer environments. So I think there's just going to be experiential things in building that were traditional, the same way how things used to be when we would go to like an airport that are no longer traditional, right? It's a different experience. I think we're going to come back into our buildings and we'll just have new experience of how we enter and exit, how we actually experience things. What I think is not going to change and what most people are trying to get back to is the game. The game's going to continue to evolve and get better and better, but like the sport will be there, but I just think the consumer customer experience will be different um, when coming in and out of uh, stadiums and arenas.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it's, you know, I do think because so many people have lost their jobs and unemployment's as high as it is, I think sports organizations like yours, are going to have to offer better value than they've ever offered before because the disposable dollar isn't as readily available as it was a year ago. So You know, it's interesting to see what some clubs are thinking about doing in order to just really increase that value for the fans.
2: Absolutely. And I think, you know, fans, one of their biggest things is experience. Experience is one of their biggest measures of value, you know. And so how do we help – create a wonderful experience where consumers feel valued and feel like the money they're now investing which has maybe decreased and now they're like making this really work it's not just you know extra money they have they're really budgeting this into everything they're able to do like consumers are going to be about experience so on the back end for our member service teams that service our clients on a day-to-day basis to the uh guest services people at the arenas, those roles are going to be critical for the success for all of us.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. So Staples Center, like many arenas around the country, being turned into a a voting location for the general election, uh, I think it's great that, you know, we're just offering more and more locations. But I think it's really neat that a lot of the sports venues have kind of made themselves available here as voting locations.
2: Absolutely. You know, we're part of these communities and you know i'm super excited we're actually partnering with staples in this move as well um for them to be an on-site voting location here in la but we're a part of the community staples is a part of our community and creating space for opportunity for change for people to give people a a safe place to exercise their their rights um that's what we're here for and that's where we say we're more than just a sports facility. They're more than just an arena. Um, I think it's so great that these venues are doing this because one of the biggest complaints that people talk about it, is the long lines, accessibility. And these are some of the biggest venues around the country. I can get thousands and thousands of people in and out. They're used to doing that. So how it functions and how it works, I'm so excited to see how it all comes together. But I think it's they're doing what they know is right. And I think in everything that's happened over the last six months to many, many years of this is... People are saying, what can I actually do to make a difference? What's something actionable? And these buildings are creating spaces of action.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's fantastic. Before I let you go, uh, we have a lot of students who listen to this show. Talk to us briefly about your path. Again, you know, I mentioned at the top of the interview, you've worked in the G League. You've worked for the NBA, the WNBA. What has your path been like and what advice would you have for students listening to this?
2: You know, I think one of my biggest pieces of advice is be willing to kind of like what you may consider a risk, do it. Like be willing to do something that's a little bit uncomfortable. Be willing to challenge yourself, um, surround yourself with really good people. Um, and sometimes you don't know in the beginning who's good, who's bad, but try to find a couple of people that can really be your confidants to lean on making decisions. And um, the other thing I always say is like whatever role you're in, make sure you take the time to truly learn your job. Sometimes we get so stuck on going to the next thing that we're not learning the initial craft that we're in. And I think it happens a lot when I was actually just talking to somebody last week about this. When people first enter the working field, especially in sales or whatever it may be, you end up getting promoted like three or four times potentially in the first five years of your career. You know, because you start like an, an intern, an inside sales, an account executive, a senior AE. Like all of a sudden you get all these promotions and you have this form of instant gratification year over year. And what I'm telling the younger people is that then they get to this point where it has to transition to management. And all of a sudden things slow down. And it's like a three or four year thing of being in the same spot. And they're like, wait, what just happened? And what I've been telling them is that that is a natural progression There's going to be a time when you go through levels of learning a skill, but before you can go to the next level, whether it's management or however it can look for you, you might have to pause for a couple of years doing the work repeatedly, repeatedly to get better and better at that craft to be able to lead. And that's one of the biggest things I tell young people right now is like, it's okay. I know you want to lead. I know you want to manage. It will be there. Take the time to learn the skills and develop in order to get there.
1: No, I think that's great advice. Danita Johnson, president and COO of the WNBA's LA Sparks. Follow her on Twitter at Danita Johnson. Continued success to you, and thanks for making the time. Thank you so much. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. If you're working from home now like I am, you still need to look professional. Many of us are doing Zoom conferences or FaceTime calls with business associates. That's why I turn to my Mizzen and Main dress shirts. I need to look good from the waist up but I also want to be comfortable. Mizzen and Maine is like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for comfort while working from home. It's a shirt that has worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like JJ Watt and Phil Mickelson. Head on over to MizzeninMaine.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's mizenandmain.com code SBR. Guess what? Mizzen and Main also make super comfortable wrinkle-free pants and shorts, so you can check those out as well. Head on over to mizzenandmain.com, Use promo code SBR to get $10 off your next purchase. That's mizzenandmain.com, code SBR. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends from Boingo Wireless, CBDMD, And Mizzen in Maine. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at MolkaSports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A Sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.